You're listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Produced by Radio Mankato with your host, Historical Society Executive Director Jessica Potter. And now, Surrounded by History. Hello and welcome to Surrounded by History. I'm your host, Jessica Potter, with the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Joining me today is Jeff Lang with Radio Mankato. Every week, this program explores the history all around us, the history in plain sight. For the next few segments of Surrounded by History, we will dig into the history and the stories behind some of the prominent women in Blue Earth County's past. This is in honor of the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution. We're taking a moment to reflect on the women that made local history. Today, we hope you will enjoy being surrounded by the history of Blue Earth County women that made history in law and politics. So I'm going to start us out with a wonderful little story about a lady who goes literally down in the record books. And we're going to talk today about the first woman to practice law in Mankato, and her name was Charlotte Farish. Does that name sound familiar yes, to you? Yes, it does, yep. <laughs> I love it when these things start to pop out. Like, they're like, hey, wait a second now. I know, I know. I love this. So um, when Charlotte was just in third grade, she knew she wanted to be a lawyer. Oh, cute already. I love this I know, already. I know. She had overheard some classmates um, saying that they were going to beat up another student after school. And the intended target was a girl from Charlotte's class who often bit and pinched and hit people. So she kind of deserved what was common to her. (laughs) But Charlotte also knew that the little girl was from a poor family and thought that might have something to do with her actions. And whatever the circumstances, Charlotte believed everyone should be treated fairly and made sure that the planned attack didn't take place. In fact, she um, talked about how it was on a street corner in their town that she grew up in, and it happened to be close to where her father worked, and her father would always give the kids candy. And so she she just made sure that her dad was around when this attack was going to take place. Well, of course. So later that evening, when recounting the day's events to her father, she said she was going to be a lawyer so she could make sure every uh, make sure people got what's fair. So um, Charlotte graduated from Sherburne High School at the age of 16. She entered the University of Minnesota. Six years later, um, in 1926, she graduated with a law degree and passed the bar exam. The only woman attorney to to pass the law exam with flying colors that year. In fact, there were four other women that um, took the exam, but they did not go on to practice law. So she heard um, that a gentleman down in Mankato, J.W. Schmidt, was looking to hire a lawyer for his firm. So although she was warned that Schmidt was uh, kind of thought that women belonged only in the kitchen, um, she believed she still wanted to meet him and to find out what was going, what what he may have to offer. So this is her first job out of um, out of college. I'm only hearing what you're saying, obviously. I don't know anything else really about her particular, but she already seems like a woman like, oh, he doesn't want to hire a woman. Uh-huh. Let's go. Let's go work uh-huh. on that. I know. I love this next part. You're going to love that. So after meeting him, she um, she found him agreeable and was willing and he was willing to hire her as long as she agreed to work without pay for one year to oh, prove dear. herself. 
And not one to back down, Charlotte agreed. She wanted to prove herself. So that first year, 1926, she was given all kinds of interesting different tasks. Once, she had to serve a subpoena to a man in Mapleton. After she tracked him down at a local bar, she decided to wait outside until the bar closed, deciding that it would be easier to serve a subpoena um, outside and not during um, the bar, not with the bar crowd around. Right. Um, she was also given the task of registering cattle. So, yep. So at this time, this job included detailing documents, document detailed documents of the animal's distinct markings and characteristics. So she literally had to stand there and sketch out what all of these cows look like. Um, That first year was the start to a very long career for Miss Charlotte Farish. Um, She retired in 1990 at the age of 86. Wow. After 64 years as a lawyer in Mankato. Um, in 1931, kind of backtracking a little bit, she she married William, I can't pronounce his last name, so I know I'm going to say it wrong, but Lou, Luer. Um, but he, um, but being already established in her career, um, she continued to use her maiden name, which I think is very interesting for the time period as well. Uh, yeah. Um, and as you can imagine, it raised a lot of eyebrows. Um, and occasionally her husband was mistakenly introduced as William Farish. Um, so I'm sure that he must have had some pretty thick skin as well. I would, yeah, for the time, you said for the time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he would have had to have. Um, throughout her long career, Charlotte only recalled one specific case when gender, when her gender was seen as a problem. Um, and But besides that, uh, n- noting that she was paid less than her male colleagues, she didn't feel like she was discriminated against as an attorney. Um, her list of accolades and accomplishments are so long, but they include her being um, the first female to serve as president of the Blue Earth County 6th Judicial District Bar Association. She was That's a, a long title. Yes, it is. <laughs> I had to stop myself there. Um, the local founder of the League of Women Voters, which there we've we talked about yep. in a previous podcast. And she was a charter member of the Mankato Planning Commission, serving for 25 years from 1950 to 1975. And of course, best known as the namesake for the local Ferris Johnson Law Office that still operates in Mankato. That is an incredible story. So, um, it's a pretty neat thing. I, I just taking back into context. I know in a previous podcast we talked about the Nineteenth Amendment that happened in nineteen twenty. So Charlotte began practicing law in nineteen twenty six. That was only six years after she and other women had the right to vote in elections. I mean, just think about. I, yeah, it's just hard to imagine that right. she did that. Just that shortly after being actually allowed to actual yeah. Uh, vote. Yeah, pretty neat. So I was doing some research on the topic. I wanted to come prepared today. Yay! <laughs> so did you know Martha Dorset? She was Minnesota's first female lawyer in 1878. Wow. Uh, 42 years before the 19th Amendment. That's like right when that thing first got put yeah. into yeah. Uh, the actual house that tried to, get a, tried to become an amendment. But as you can imagine, it was not easy for Martha in, 19, or in 1878. Excuse me. In fact, she was denied the right to practice law in Minnesota in 1876. The state law was written to only allow any male. Martha and her husband, who was also an attorney, successfully petitioned the Minnesota legislature to change the state law in 1877, and Martha earned the Hennepin County Bar in 1878. Aside from practicing law, Martha was active in the both Minnesota and American pra- uh, Women's Suffrage Association, 
And unfortunately, she died in 1918, two years before we were allowed or women were allowed to gain the right to a vote with the passing of the 19th Amendment. Wow. But So she was the first lawyer in Minnesota yeah. and uh, for a female lawyer, and I thought that was pretty cool. That so, is really cool, thinking about how much earlier that was before Charlotte had that opportunity. So. Right. I mean, wow. you're talking about Charlotte being the first to Mankato, and that was in 1926, and then this was 1878. I mean, wow. that's awesome. It is. It's pretty incredible. So... Let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about politics, because I think that law and politics really go hand in hand and and they have to do with governing of um, of the laws. So um, I have a great story about the first woman in Blue Earth County to be elected public office, even before women had the right to vote in that election. So think about this. All right. So Sarah Christie Stevens was the first female school superintendent. And I know this may not make any sense, um, but you got to remember at this time, they are all one room country schoolhouses. Okay. Yep. Okay. And they're everywhere. Basically, every three miles, you're going to have another country school. Okay. That's kind of interesting to think about, actually. It's every three miles because you don't want to travel that far for school. Right. And it is, all the classes are intermingled anyway. Right. Okay. Right. Never really thought about that that way. But okay. So there are tons of little one-room country schoolhouses, tons of them. So um, she, so let me tell you about her. Okay. First of all, Sarah was born in Ireland in 1844. She moved to Wisconsin um, with her family as a small girl. And very early on, um, she was so passionate about the desire to learn that um, her father enrolled her to attend at the Wisconsin Female College and at Frost Lake, Wisconsin. Um, and there is where she just really blossomed when it came to her intelligence, her intellect, and her public life. Um, In 1863, she passed her college exam that enabled her to teach at any common, intermediate, or grammar school in Wisconsin. So a common school would be more like that one-room country schoolhouse. Intermediate would be more specific grades. Um, So as you can imagine, 1863, it's a hard career um, to carve out as living for yourself, especially if you're a woman who received a much lower salary than male teachers. So but she was determined. Um, but she constantly moved from one district to another in hopes of finding higher pay. She stuck with her career and tried her hardest to improve her students' learning experiences. So she wasn't all about, I mean, it makes it sound like, oh, she just wanted to make more money. Right. But it wasn't about that. She was very much about the students' learning experience. Um, in 1873, she was offered a teaching position at Carleton College in Northfield. And she also later taught at Wheaton College in Illinois. Um, she traveled to Blue Earth County, Minnesota, um, right here, where her brother and her father had settled um, in the late 1870s. But she kept teaching and kept moving around wherever the job would take her. Um, and she finally settled down right here in Good Thunder um, permanently when she was married in 1879. She married William L. Stevens. So she quickly... That's a lot. Of, I'm just doing the math. That's yeah. a lot of moving around. That's, it was she, a lot of moving around. She would have been 35. Five in 79? Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, that's a lot of moving around for yes. that early on. And then right. my head always, when we talk about this stuff and about how people traveled in the 1800s, 
Uh-huh. That's a lot more work to travel than, right. to, than right. too. Like, right. holy cow! Right, and so, so, and that was the that thought too is that she was she was constantly trying to find another position that would give her more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to be going from these two big colleges all over. Really, I, I'm thinking I didn't dig into this very much, but I'm imagining she was Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota. You know, right. finding all of these different opportunities. So once she finally kind of planted her feet in 1879, she really got involved in Blue Earth County. Um, and she still wanted to improve education. So her and her husband joined the Farmers Alliance, um, which, as you can imagine, at that time, just a, an agricultural group that's coming together to, to work on laws and work on changes. Um, and then in 1886, she was elected the secretary of the Women Women's Baptist Home Mission Society. So these are going to be groups that are going to um, do whatever they can to help people Mm -hmm. in need. Um, And then she was also deeply involved in the Women's Christian Temperance Union, which we talked about briefly before, which advocated for the equal rights um, for women, as well as they were very much, um, they are the ones that are really advocating for that um, prohibition movement. So she was encouraged by other women's um, political successes, and she was supported by her family, her father, who was here, and her husband, that she decided to run for the Blue Earth County School Superintendent in 1890, saying that since women were such good teachers and mothers, it stood to to a reason that they would be good school superintendents. So, as you can imagine, the campaign was long and hard and bitter. She was attacked by numerous opponents, both men and women, who didn't believe that that was a woman's place in society. But she refused to back down. Um, at this time, women could, they still could not vote in state or even city elections. City, state, federal elections, but they could vote in school elections. So, in the end... Da, 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 da. <laughs> she triumphed, winning the election by 301 votes. Pretty Whew. big number for what I imagine at the time. I know. For the community size. I know. Isn't that cool? So she immediately jumped into her role. She was responsible for 137 common ungraded schools, each in its own district with its own board of trustees. Can't even imagine that. 137 bosses. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, her duties included visiting all the schools, examining and certifying the teachers, so making sure the teachers were um, were up to par, raising funds for school building improvements, encouraging tree planting on Arbor Day, <laughs> and compiling an annual report. So um, she made many more far-reaching plans than what those bare minimums were. She encouraged students to attend more school days than previously previously accepted. She set up more vigorous courses for potential teachers, enabling them to gain further education. She held meetings with school trustees, teachers, and parents to discuss school improvements. She also championed free textbooks for every student, citing economical savings and an increase in the equality between the rich and the poor students as well as urging every school to purchase an American flag to foster patriotism. She had a local physician check students' eyes regularly, and she introduced exams for students to ensure that they thoroughly understood their subjects. Wow. I know. Uh, I mean, half that means seems like common sense nowadays anyway. Is right. that what you just do? And- right. 
Right. But that wasn't her role. Right. And so she went way above and beyond. And she was very passionate about the work she did. Um, But unfortunately, she got sidetracked in her role as the school superintendent. Her daughter became severely ill and it prevented her from visiting all 137 schools within that two that first two years of her role. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, this was the crack that was just an opening for her opponents to um, to really knock her down when re-election time came around um, two years later in 1892. So despite her hard work, she lost the re-election in 1892. She ran a second time and she was defeated a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, both times she was replaced by a male. Um, this marked the end of her political career, her election career, but it can she can continue to speak out on women's rights, demanding fair pay and respect for women's accomplishments and abilities. And she passed away in 1919, um, right before the official ratification of the 19th Amendment of the Constitution. Um, I just want to take a few moments to talk about some of the other notable firsts of women in Blue Earth County elections. The first female to serve on the, to be elected to the Mankato City Council was Arlene Brown in 1969. She served until 1986. Wow. She has the distinction of being the first female city council member and serving the long, one of the longest, um, tenures of, on the council for 17 years she served. She was remembered for being sassy. Oh, not sassy. She's been being savvy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Savvy, logical, and no nonsense. Um, when she was running for the seat, um, the running for election, there was a letter to the editor that said, the city council was no place for a woman, stating a woman would never be able to inspect the city sewers. To this point, Arlene's husband told her, I guess we'll just have to buy you some hip boots. There's no report if the boots were ever re- required. But if you you can bet that if a trip to the sewers was required, Arlene wouldn't have backed down. <laughs> Sounds like quite a lady. She was yep. born in Pennsylvania, came to Mankato in, in 1957 as a professor of economics at MSU. And she served. She continued as a professor for 20 years eventually becoming the director of the Bureau of Business and Economics and she re- when she retired from MSU in 1977. The first female Blue Earth County Commissioner goes to Colleen Landcammer. She was elected in 1986 and served from 1987 to 2009 and then was recently re-elected uh, again in 2018. Very cool. The first females to serve from Blue Earth County in the Minnesota legislature go to our Kathy's. Uh, Kathy, <laughs> the Kathy Sharon served in the Senate. She was elected in 2006 and she served for 10 years. She was also prior to that was on the Mankato City Council with Arlene um, Brown back at, in that time. And Kathy was um, the first female president of the Mankato City Council. Um, and then Kathy Breinert um, was also elected in 2006, and she served for seven years in the Minnesota House of Representatives. Prior to this, this now this is just, so it took until 2006 for Blue Earth County to elect some women to the Minnesota legislature. However, the first women to serve in the Minnesota House was it back in 1922 when four women were elected. And the first woman from Minnesota to be elected to the U.S. House of Representatives was in 1955 
Cornelia Knutson became that first woman from Minnesota. And then, of course, local or more recent history, the first female mayor to serve in Blue Earth County um, is our very own Najwa Massad, who serves as the mayor of the city of Mankato. She was elected in 2018. So we hope you enjoy today's program as we recognize some of the women that made local history in law and in politics, from Charlotte Farish to Sarah Christie Stevens to our very own Mayor Najwa Massad. All of these women challenged traditional gender roles and followed their passions to make our community a better place to live. All of this information we share today comes from the archives of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Until next time, we hope you see the history that surrounds you. You've been listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast from the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato. For more information on this and other topics, visit BlueEarthCountyHistory.com or stop by the Blue Earth County History Center at 424 Warren Street in Mankato. Thanks for listening to Surrounded by History. History.